All right, you're all set up? Yeah, I'm good. All right, give me a one, two, three clap if you're already recording. One, two, three. All right. <sighs> I got all the uh, clips and everything loaded. Uh, I spent a little time doing that immediately after I messaged you and you said you were setting up, so uh, I'm ready to go if you are. Cool, cool. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that a cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. Welcome to the 250th straight week of Cinema PsyOps. That's 250 weeks of movie reviews. And we are finally rewarding ourselves with the full franchise fest of the Lethal Ladies, aka boobs, bombs, and bullets, I think? I don't know what the rest of them are. Girls, guns, and G-strings. Doesn't fucking matter. We're staring at titties for the next 12 weeks, folks. Super excited about that is Matt. <laughs> yeah, things are going to get weird. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of apprehensive about doing these movies. I bought the DVD set of the Lethal Ladies series ages and ages ago, whenever the DVD set came out. And I had a blast watching them. And I had a little bit of memory lane because I had seen some of them on cable and in pieces here and there and didn't realize it. And then when it was time to like get around to covering them and stuff, I was kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say I was approved when we first started the show, but I was worried about all we would do is just drool over the ladies and sound like a bunch of fucking creeps. And then when I realized that that's all we were doing anyway, only it was more fully clothed women. I was like, why don't we just fucking cover some Andy Sedaris films, right? Yeah, right. Might as well. I mean, I think everyone knows by now we're a couple creeps, so <laughs> I don't think that's going to be yeah any, anything else. We, we try to remain as respectful as possible, but at the same time, we are the type of men that will drool whenever boobs are around us. Um, we we are a couple creeps. Yeah, this is... Uh... <laughs> 
I don't, I don't, I don't think this is, yeah, this is definitely isn't news. You're, you're just, this is, this is old news as they would say. <laughs> and it's definitely not the fake variety. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. This is not fake news. This is, this is real news and, and, and well-known news. <laughs> yeah. We're not like Joe Biden creepy where we'll sneak up behind you and sniff your hair like a weirdo. I mean, not yet, but. <laughs> No, I never will be. That's not my No, opinion. no, that would be weird. <laughs> we don't like to be involved in that much. And we don't have people in our personal space like that. So... No, I don't I, think we. I just want to buy movies that have naked ladies in it and watch the movies with naked ladies in it. That's about my level of creep. Yeah, there you go. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you for having that level. You know, knowing your knowing your limits. All right, so it's the question I always have to ask every time when we do one of these films now, because you had thought that you had never seen any of them. Had you seen Malibu Express before we covered it for the show? I don't know, like if I could remember saying I seen it, but I think I have for one basic reason. I kept recognizing different scenes so something came out at me yeah okay now i don't know if that may be because a lot of uh andy sedaris stuff is pretty similar in plot line yeah. structure there's no no and i mean know. very specific type scenes oh, oh that i'm like okay i i think i've seen this before well it's kind of like those shannon tweed sex movies once you've seen one you kind of feel like you've seen them all because it's kind of relatively the same once you, you yeah you know that kind of thing and i'm talking uh, like in the 90s whenever she was doing those knockoff erotic thrillers that were trying to be basic instinct yeah that's true yeah, yeah. i get you okay so you're pretty sure you may have seen parts of malibu express because some of it was way more familiar than what it should be so i'm pretty sure you saw it on late night cable too yeah i think so a lot of these i had seen because i think joe bob went through the run of them or did like a lot of them on when he was on the movie channel for his show for the movie channel so i, I believe that that might be the case is how i saw some of these malibu yeah. express however was not one that i had seen before uh buying the dvd set anyway but before we did the review obviously i watched it because i went through all of them <laughs> at one point yeah uh, one point or another yeah you probably uh got a full full-on lit there uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm glad you kind of saw some of this uh, beforehand and did i describe it right or, or did i describe it right when i said that this is like exactly the same kind of movie you would see on usa up all night all the time no this is exactly what you see on usa up all night that's not that yeah you're exactly right there that's <laughs> you're not blowing smoke well i and i think that's why this movie is like an hour and 40 some odd minutes and i think it's so that when you cut all the boobs out it's still long enough to make a two-hour format mark for a late night cable and especially still with got... all the intros and commercials yeah yeah and then you still have enough time for um like ladies running around in bikinis or various other states of undress that they could get away with on late night cable uh, yeah i'm looking at that dress that civil danning wears through most of the movie uh, that is insane yeah that uh that 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 dress has no uh, uh working uh parts if you know what i mean <laughs> that, uh, there's no purpose to that at all <laughs> There is a very that is not. How about this? That that dress isn't functional. It's a functional. <laughs> I don't know. That dress made me feel very functional. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, okay, I guess you're right. It, it's functional for one reason. All right, for well, creeps I'm... like us. <laughs> right, for creeps like us, that's why that dress has its function. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Well, instead of beating around the bush about uh, all the beating off we were doing with all the bush uh, in the film, <laughs> maybe we should move into covering the film and all of the bush that's in it. Uh, yeah. Well, we kind of already. Did so show over we'll talk to you guys later no um, we're gonna we're gonna go through each individual scene and describe just how much of a horny maker it was or wasn't oh oh god we are gross okay cool <laughs> let's do it 
These are Eddie Sedaris films. That's what these movies are about. They're supposed to make you feel good. I mean, he purposely <laughs> hires beautiful bodies, both male and female, and puts them in the film so that you can feel inadequate and yet at uh, the same time be jazzed about everything on screen. Yeah, I mean, you're jazzed because you're like, you know, for people who are like, wow, I don't know if I ever could be an actor. Well, technically you can, because if these people could, so so can you. <laughs> Acting skill is not what's required for an Andy Sedaris film. What's required is that you look good on camera, and everybody in this film pretty much does. Yes, that is true. But as I was saying before I got super perverted about it, let's stop beating around the bush about this film, and let's move on to actually covering it. So we're going to take the break here. going to play the Legion Patreon promo ad. We'll have a little bit of music that kind of fits in with the bluegrass that was in this film. And when we come back, we will have the Malibu Express trailer. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand-scale take-a-penny-leave-a-penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. fucking lied to you and said that I took the music right out of the movie and you'd been like wow how were you able to get clips of the movie when there was everybody talking over everything all the time yeah exactly I was like hey good job that's that's way to go yeah <laughs> I found music that sounds just like it <laughs> yeah it, it may even be the same music bed that they bought for the movie itself I'm not exactly sure but yeah we should be able to tell by listening to this trailer meet Cody Abilene a private eye with an adoring public He's an undercover operator. Hi, I'm Mayne. This is my friend, Faye. With a knack for getting at the bare facts. Yeah! This is the Countess, a government agent with her own special skills. And together, they're both headed for danger on the Malibu Express. This is Kinky. In the world of high rollers, low blows, and dangerous curves. Cody's playing a deadly new game. Go ahead, make my day. Sorry, babe, but I gotta have some water. The FBI wants him back. 
No one should suspect anything. I'm gonna nail him with the grenade. The Russians want him dead, and the girls from the yacht next door just want him. I understand you're a private investigator. And Cody Abilene always gets his girl. So park your car, hide your guns, and lock up your daughters. Cody Abilene just got another case. He's hard to catch. You are continental. Hard to keep. Scoot your butts outside. Hard to figure. And impossible to resist. Starring Sybil Banning, Darby Hinton, and five Playboy Playmates. Let him just bring you in for sex. I have a few things to fill you in on. Make tracks for the Malibu Express. No matter where you're headed, it goes all the way. Would I help any woman in distress? Yes, ma'am, I would. God, even that trailer makes me feel a little gross inside. Yeah, we're 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 messed up, man. This is this ain't good. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, even Cody was just on screen at all times. Cody Abilene was there at all times, pretty much with his shirt off or even more naked for the ladies to lust after. There's plenty, or if you're into dudes, whoever's into dudes, really, there's plenty there for you. This, this whatever, whatever you're looking for, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that this film is skewed more towards naked ladies because it absolutely is. I'm not going to try and deny that. But I will say that one thing that Andy Sedaris did was he made sure that he put a lot of beautiful bodies on screen because he knew that would sell. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Is it disproportionate? Yes, but that is our culture. And there are way more beautiful women than there are good looking dudes in this movie. And the only thing that really makes me feel super gross is the way that all the women are just like fawning all over Cody because because I just don't think that happens or maybe it's just because that's never happened to me I'm just fucking jealous. Yeah, probably that. It's it's jealousy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm jealous of fucking everything that happens with Cody except for, but, you know, some of the things. But, like what things? I don't know. <laughs> Like, Having to constantly pretty... race the rednecks, but we'll get there. Let's move on. Uh, okay, okay. All right. Well, anyway, it's uh, it's the Malibu Express. All right, here we go. So we get a guy who's Cody, and he's going for a marksman test. And he takes out his dirty, hairy gun, and, you know, he's got this whole big setup for his gun. But uh, unfortunately, he can't hit jack shit. He's, <laughs> he's a stormtrooper of private eyes right now. This uh, sequence is absolutely hilarious because he's got the dirty, hairy gun, and he's trying to, like, be all intimidating and cool with it he's got this whole fancy fucking setup and he can't shoot for shit this reminds me of the hardcore gun nuts that some of well that you and i have come across in our lives and then also some of our listeners too it seems like they're the ones that are always the worst shot and yet they collect all of the guns to feel more manly yeah 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 exactly uh they clearly, don't really know how to use them but they just want them yeah clearly he's overcompensating for something but yet women still want him a ton i don't get it yeah me neither so anyway <laughs> it's funny though it is funny he's a terrible fucking shot he even hits the lamp when he's shooting all six shots yeah exactly uh and then he leaves and watches a race car test um we see the driver of the race car is a uh, attractive female and uh she then takes cody back to her dressing room and she gets topless and they bone well she does ask him how it looked out there or something like that and then he was just staring at her boobs and then she got upset that she unveiled her boobs to him and that's all he could think about and i'm like lady have you never met a man before that's pretty standard yeah i mean come on now let's not let's just <laughs> cody's just 
you know, he's a simple creature of simple things. Yeah, and it's not just that these ladies want to all bone him. Like, some of them are, like, madly in love with him, and I just don't get what in his personality makes these women fall for him. He must have a hog leg of epic proportions to have all these women fawn over him like this. Well, and it sounds like he's actually very rich, so... Oh, so you think it might be because he's got a ton of money? Well, that, I mean, I, listen, I'm sure it helps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always say that the mind is the most erogenous zone on the body, but I would submit to you that it's the wallet. Yeah, for for a lot of people, that might be the case. You're not wrong. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> couple hundred dollar uh, bills are a hell of a panty dropper, Matt. Yeah, right. As he leaves, uh, there's another woman there who's taking photos, and uh, we, like it's a, it's a great classic Sedaire shot of they're watching him drive away, and it's just their two asses in, in booty shorts, pretty much. That's in the trailer when they talk about his quote-unquote adoring public that you heard in the audio that yeah it pans right on that fucking ass shot that's that's great that's yeah. just excellent uh <laughs> this film knows what I it's trying so, to sell you it knows so fucking weird right now uh <laughs> so anyway uh he uh narrates in his new recorder and that is actually our first clip i'm just testing my new little tape recorder i got they say all private investigators need one so they can keep a record of their daily routines I hope my days are never routine. Like today, I went out and watched my old friend June Knockers, spelled with an H, test her race car. God, she's got some great moves. Started at the pistol range. I went over and hit the target. Well, at least I hit the board that held the target. Just pulling up to the marina now where I reside. Well, that's it. 10-4, adios. Over and out, good buddy. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to set up for everyone in the movie what this movie's like. See, voices over in his voice recorder with his philosophical ideas. I hope my day is never routine. Fucking asshole. Anyway. He's um a special kind of person that you really end up hating quite a bit because I really don't so like him. Everything is so easy for Cody that, like, you're super fucking jealous of him. I know you're supposed to be, like, not necessarily envious, but you're like, man, I hope one day my life will turn up roses like that where I can live on a fucking yacht and my whole life is handed to me by my daddy and I fail upwards constantly. But that's not going to happen for you folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, and then it keeps, they feed into it like this whole movie. Like, at one point, one guy goes, I know you just think he's some Southern guy, but he's, you know, a good old boy, but he's, he graduated cool you know, from fucking Texas University. You're like, all right, guys, I get it. You can stop beating us over the head with this. Thank you. Yeah, Cody is supposed to be this amazing, like, you know, super spy uh, yeah, yeah. Texan. We he's, get it. He's the most amazing person in the world. You can really stop now because holy shit. Yeah, he's James Bubba. We get it. Move yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, he goes into his houseboat, and, or he's walking up to his houseboat, and there's a committee there that has an issue with this train cart wall that has a door in it that says Malibu Express. Cody explains that it's for his mom, and that, uh, you know, he reminds everyone that his dad started this yacht club community 25 years ago. And he doesn't just say, my father, he says, my daddy, all the my time. My daddy. Yeah, yeah, it's all about his daddy. Everything's about his daddy and what his daddy achieved, and Cody ain't done shit yet and that's the part that really pisses matt and i off yeah yeah it's really starting to get to me uh, <laughs> i'm really starting to have a problem here and um so anyway um then they talk about how his dad is off with an old women row sailing team and that they've been lost six times this week yeah so, and he said it's an all-girl team he must be getting blown off course bump bump yeah. bump <laughs> yay 
Um, Sexist humor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's not the only worst part of this. There's a lot of sexist, homophobic humor. It's just fucking terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, we. by the way, the sign, that that big wall, it has the Malibu. It's the movie title of the movie in there. You know, that makes me happy. Uh, yeah, it's they, like if somebody says it. They named um, the boat Malibu Express, and I think they put the train in there, and it was supposed to be like a way to make his mom feel more comfortable because she's terrified of boats. Well, they explain that in a sec. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, he narrates that his mom had, uh, the only thing his mom really loved was trains. She was scared of the water, scared of heights, you know, planes, that. But she loved trains. But then she also died on a train. So catch 22. So anyway, that's why that thing's up there is a, is a memorial to his mother. Uh, then then Cody showers. So I guess that's a little something for the ladies and the in the, the fellas who likes fellas out there. So there you go. Okay, let's, let's be fair about this since we're probably going to be commenting on all of the beautiful bodies. Do Dude's in shape. I mean, he's got the six pack. He's not like a muscle bound fanatic Mr. Universe type, but we will get those later. But I mean, I can see what ladies would enjoy about this particular actor's, you know, physique. He's, yeah, he's not He's not a, what you would call probably a beefcake. He is just a dude who's in very good shape. And I don't know. Some people would still probably call him a beefcake. He's just not like, you know, ultra mega muscle bound. Yeah, that's jerk. that's why those guys would that, those guys would back in the day. They'd be like, he's not a you know, he'd not a beefcake. They'd give you shit for that because then it's the two dudes you see later on in the movie. Yeah, but there are I'm I'm positive that there are plenty of ladies out there that prefer Cody's physique to a muscle bound guy that looks Definitely. like your head would pop off if he tried to hug you. It's all it's yeah, it's all about, uh, you know, uh, women's preferences and stuff. like. I mean, women have their own preferences. Like a lot of people. What? I know, they're always like, what? I know. Right. What? It's so insane. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people are just like, no, women can only be into these big muscle bound dudes and they're like eh, i don't i don't want that so yeah some women like men fluffy right yeah yeah right they, or uh, usually just in shape but yeah i want to say fluffy too because it makes me feel better um <laughs> no one likes our bodies man that's the part that's upset us the most about these films yeah yeah fuck i hate this guy and we're not even like i mean we're only 10 minutes into this movie and i already hate him it's not gonna get me better well, the worst part about it is though he's like such a like a, a nice guy to everybody and he treats everybody with like respect like more so than any other character in this fucking film to where like you want to hate him for how privileged he is but he's so fucking clueless about it and he treats everybody so equally that at the same time you're like god damn it fucking cody yeah yeah it's like god damn it yeah you're right he is he's super nice that's fine but it's like oh you're fucking annoyed <laughs> it's you've like had... i get it you're being a decent dude but i still don't like you <laughs> you've had every fucking advantage life could possibly give you and yet yeah. you're still kind of cool and i want to hate you but i can't but i do <laughs> yeah i'm so it's uh, it, it should be this it's an irrational hate he's done nothing to make me hate him except for maybe you know some mild misogyny and later on some mild homophobia but he still hasn't done nothing outright that should make me hate him and i still do it's just <laughs> the way it is we're going to be spending like more time talking about how much we hate him if we don't move on. Yeah, we better get going. Um, all right. So anyway, he gets out of the shower. We see there are two gals in his boat. Uh, they're new neighbors of his. And he thinks it's probably going to be bone time, which it appears it might. Uh, the girls actually say that they don't have a working shower. So he lets them use his. Then we cut to a hot lady. That's not just a hot lady. That's simple fucking Danning. All right, man. I'm sorry. Uh, walking down uh, this uh, hallway, and she meets with the uh, dude who's head of the yacht committee, and that is our next clip. 
We've got a problem. The Russians are five years behind us in computer knowledge, yet they're stealing our stuff right out from under us. How? First, they tried to buy some banks in the San Francisco area to obtain the computers and chips. <laughs> when that didn't work, they set up industrial fronts to buy all the best computers. They send them to friendly nations, and then... Then the Russians pay enormous amounts of money to obtain them from our uh, so-called allies. There are entire companies here that do nothing but this. We're coming down on them just as fast as we can. So what does that have to do with me? I was having a wonderful vacation in the south of France. We've traced one of the major operations to the home of a dear old friend of yours, Lady Lillian Chamberlain. I don't believe... We want to get somebody in there and check out what's going on, but it can't be you. You're too close to Lady Chamberlain and the household. No one should suspect anything. Who else can do the job? Oh, I have someone in mind. In fact, I was with him earlier today at the Yacht Club. I think you'll be impressed. Name's Cody Abilene. I would like to say that I do not believe that a child born of privilege would be put on a high government uh, council or in charge of a, an investigation of a high government importance involving, you know, trying to squash a plan for Russia to steal all of our technology and secrets. But I've seen that unfold directly on the news in front of me constantly every day for the past four years. So now we know it will happen. I mean, let's just say it like literally the president's son-in-law was put in charge of fighting peace in the Middle East. So... I mean, anything's possible now. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Someone who's completely unqualified to be given a job is given a job. And I think, yeah. again, once again, just Cody being able to bathe in all of his advantages in life and just shoving it in our face. It, it doesn't help. <laughs> It really, really, really doesn't. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. But anyway, and also I wanted to comment how Yacht Dude was like, even though they gave Cody shit for the board, that he starts laughing after Cody leaves going, ah, he's an eccentric type, laughing like, ah, that scamp. <laughs> I mean, he's bringing down property value, but he's a scamp. I mean, what's so bad about that fucking painted board anyway? There's plenty of no, there's slips nothing, like that, that they put up a board just to have privacy, you know, when they're yeah, walking up or whatever. I've seen that before. To, yeah, it's just something. Yeah, there's actually nothing bad about it, but, you know, well, and again, the, I'm, just, I'm the, talking about his goddamn privilege here. <laughs> and the fact that it's painted like a fucking train shouldn't really matter anything either. You know, it just is there. And it's I, I, they're just using it as an excuse so they can explain why this fucking movie is called Malibu Express. Yeah, I mean. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason why they were raising a stink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to set uh, up Cody still, as like a rebel and a bit of an eccentric himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of that is is right, and it still makes me so very angry. And <laughs> I don't know why. Again, I don't. I have no reason for this. I just don't know what's going on anymore. Well, we we nailed it when we first said it. We're jealous of Cody and all of the advantage and like joy that he has come his way for this whole film. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. You're right. Oh. Uh, anyway. All right. So, uh, we cut to the two neighbor ladies are now in the shower. So, um, you know, thank you movie. Oh, uh, major thank you do? movie. I mean, there's no reason for them to be in the shower together. There's barely any room for it. They can't even close the door to the shower or so we think that's why the door to the shower is open. Not just so they can film them in the shower, but good Lord, that was an amazing shot. Yeah. Uh, so good job. And, uh, so then it's about time to go ahead and get to bone town. Uh, but he gets a digital page. <laughs> it's like, oh man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at that technology. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about how the intro credits were like old school fucking computing. Yeah, some used. lady like typing out stuff. Yeah, it's just like fucking. I, I was just going to skip that. It was kind of redundant. <laughs> well, it sets up the idea that, you know, this is like a computer scam that uh, Russia's trying to get computers schemed off of the United States and their technology boom. And the uh, computers, whenever we're looking at them, are like not even Commodore 64 level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they could even run Oregon Trail. I'm just. <laughs> they maybe played pong if you were lucky that lady was gonna die of dysentery before it could play oregon trail well that's what she um, gets for talking shit about terry that's right motherfucker uh so anyway he meets so he leaves to meet with this contessa much and to the chagrin out. of both the ladies because they want to fuck him yeah yeah but you know it's work so he's got to go and he meets this lady they go out for fine dining dancing and then they bone like any business meeting this, uh, this is civil danning it's not just any lady I, I get you, man. All right. I understand. This is this is somewhat important to you. What's her name again? Sybil Danning. Sybil Danning. All right. I'll, re- I'll remember. Sybil. All right. So it's Sybil. So are, are you going to step over the fact that he gets, he brings her address and everything too? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I was getting there. Okay. Uh, he brings her, he, he's like, he brings her a gift and it's a dress for her to wear. How fucking presumptuous do you get to fucking be when you're Cody, apparently? I mean, again, I'm really getting kind of mad at him right now. <laughs> The worst part about this is she's actually charmed by the fact that he brings her a not really a dress that not really covers anything that just so happens to fit her perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that thing. Yeah. There's just. (sighs) It's like a vest and a skirt. Yeah. And I'm I'm, again, I am. I'm really kind of mad about it. (laughs) I'm just because she loves it. And this thing just barely covers her boobs. I mean, thanks, movie. But at the same time, come on. Let's be. A little more frank and honest. The vest part of the dress barely covers her nipples. It does not cover her boobs. That's okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So anyway. How it stays in place and how the girls don't come flying out of that is a matter of double stick tape that I feel might have been very uncomfortable for that poor actress. Uh, Probably. Yeah, that the yeah, she she had a rough time. That's a rough go. That's that's a rough go. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, after uh, they get done having sex, she says, you know, this wasn't just supposed to be a date. She's like, I've got a, a job for you. So he's like, oh, oh OK, let's let's do this then. Uh, <laughs> so the next day uh, he's leaving his boat and the ladies are on their boat and they want him to come over. And he's like, I just can't right now. So sorry. Is this the part where they ask him if he's a private investigator? No, that was when they first met him. Okay. Like, I heard you're a private investigator. So, And then they asked for him to investigate their privates. They're basically saying they want to double team him. And he's like, no, no, I got to work. I'm like, motherfucker, no one has to you, work you, that hard. No, no one's going to work that. You're a rich kid. And that's, again, another thing that's pissing me off. He's so privileged. He knows he can leave that situation. It'll just happen again for him because he's Cody. <laughs> That's the part that really pisses us off. It's really starting to get to me. (laughs) Really, I'm really starting to have a problem here. He then gets into a race with a feuding family of of rednecks that his his dad beat this guy in a race once. So now it's become like a a whole family thing. Now, it was like a stock car race and he ruined this guy's life or something. And yet this guy still has enough money to keep building cars for his mentally challenged son to race him. Yes. So. So, yeah, it's like Trump's life. Um, <laughs> uh, he 
So Cody, it should be mentioned, he has a red DeLorean, which is very interesting. Like, that is interesting to me, and I'll tell you why. The only DeLoreans I've ever seen have been gray. The the Back to the Future ones and any ones I ever saw in real life were always gray. I never saw anything else. I think that was a custom paint job, and the reason I think they kept switching cars is because I don't think they had all the cars secured for as long as they were doing the shoot. So when he takes it into the shop because he loses in this race, I think it's yeah. because they had to switch out a car. So they put him into another car that was easier for them or well, was owned by somebody. And also, later on, they want to shoot up a car, so they're not going to do that to a DeLorean they're going to have to pay for. Right. And the DeLorean looked great, and I actually thought that a red DeLorean was not bad, but you're absolutely right. I've only ever seen them basically like the clear coat over top of the metallic, you know, because they, yeah. they were stainless steel, weren't they? And that's why they left them silver, just to kind of show yeah, that they were stainless or something. I always just thought DeLoreans were great. I didn't think uh, any of them had like that kind of stuff. Well, this so. one was clearly customized because it had a little bit of difference from all the other DeLoreans that we've seen too. There were some things that were a little bit different. Um, gotta say, they look good in different colors more so than I thought they would have. Yeah, I would have loved to see one in black. That would have been awesome. Matt sees a DeLorean and he wants it painted black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, sometimes you gotta have something in your life there. No uh, colors anymore. He wants them to turn black. Well, yeah, I want them to turn black. <laughs> you and, see uh, how Cody's doing so well and the, your heart yeah, turns just, black. I'm just, my heart is just, I'm just like, I hate you. <laughs> just painted black. <laughs> so anyway, they, uh, they go ahead and they, he and the sun race in the sun all of a sudden, his car just goes imaginable speeds, and it beats Cody in the race. As Cody drives away confused, the son looks at his father and using nitrous oxide, and the engine then blows up. Yeah. And they are all like, worth it. Yeah, so they basically destroyed that car just so they could beat Cody in one race with nitrous oxide. And yeah. uh, I got to say, having nitrous oxide sitting in a jar like that, no. That, that, no. That's, not, that, that's not safe. Uh, this movie is not about being safe. Yeah, the way uh, that they the way that they showed that not a thing, totally not that, a thing, not a thing. However, that's not a thing. Using nitro to win a race, like a, a you know short term race, but destroying your complete engine just to be able to do it, it's a thing. It's is that a thing? That's something that's like to be able to qualify for a race, um, the, to be able to hit the speed or anything like that. Um, there are cheaters who will do that sort of thing, or just to be able to make a quarter mile run, even though the motor would explode. There are people that were dumb enough to do that. It was totally a thing. Damn, nice. Well, hey, do what you got to do. Yeah, when you're desperate uh, to win, you cheat like that. So it's uh, yeah, it's a thing. That is a thing. Um, well, Cody decides to take his DeLorean into the shop to get it checked out about why a uh, uh, really weak car, in his opinion, could beat his DeLorean. Well, it was just uh, a Pontiac of some sort that looked unassuming. So, of course, yeah. he's going to be wondering why it would beat him. And Yeah, exactly. So then uh, after he uh, takes that in there, he gets a shit loner Ford car. And he even talks about how he's worried about going to Lady Chamberlain's place, which is this very nice upscale area that he's driving this you know pos ford and he's like well no one's gonna care because i'm gonna you know i he's he's like i got class and i've got brains and all this kind of crap and he's like so no one's gonna care about my car and matt and i throw up in our mouth a little bit as he's describing all the stuff that he says it, and i get really mad again and <laughs> <laughs> because 
Come on, man. Anyway, so he gets to Lady Chamberlain's place, and he's greeted by Shane, kind of the the butler slash driver. Slash fucks everything that moves and blackmails it. Exactly. Uh, At this point, he makes a comment about Cody's car, and then takes him to see Lady Alberline in our next clip. Luciana told me Lady Lillian had broke her leg in a skiing accident. She'll be in this wheelchair for about three more months. Mr. Abilene, how very nice to see you again. Lady Lillian, you're looking wonderful. Thank you. Shane, bring in Mr. Abilene's bags. You got a real charmer there. People say I'm crazy, but I just know there's something going on in this house behind my back. My nephew, Stuart, his wife, Anita, and my niece, Liza, all live here with me since their parents were killed in an accident. Then, of course, there's Shane. You met him. And my maid, Marion. She's a friend of Shane's. Wait till you see her. She is really off the wall. Shane, Shane, where the hell are you? Damn it, I'm late. I gotta get back to the house. Shane Reeves, goddammit! Somebody ought to take that bullhorn and... Ouch! (laughs) What if that leaves a mark? Don't worry, Mrs. Chamberlain. Your husband will never see it. Shane. What did a guy like you do in jail? Ate a lot of furniture, baby. We got to talk about some of the cornball, right. just annoying humor yeah. that's in this. They have a it, maid named Marion that they constantly call Maid Marion. Yeah, Maid Marion. During this whole thing, while Shane and, and uh, uh, Lady uh, Abilene are talking, Shane is making out with Anita, so who is her nephew's wife. Yes. <laughs> There's about to be some real uncomfortable, homophobic, and sexist humor coming out of the Shane character. Yeah. Well, and, and Cody, too, here in a little bit. But Cody's, for the time frame that it is, Cody's a lot more sensitive about this. Yeah. There's, uh, there's one statement that he makes that I feel is a lot more sensitive, or is as sensitive as someone like Cody could get here coming up so okay well we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to a lot of this uh, <laughs> right but they're then at dinner and where Cody meets the rest of the family and he assumes Anita's husband Stuart is gay by calling him light in the loafers so I was like that's that's a bit gross okay and- uh, okay there are many worse phrases that he could have used you're right about that but yet still it's still bad <laughs> Got to remember, this is like 80s movie, too. They could have been significantly worse than what they had for this character. But yes, he automatically assumes that. But he could have just basically stated something about how he doesn't seem like he's all that interested in his wife. And he could have made some kind of a reference about a beard and all that other stuff. He's just saying that he appears to be too light in the loafers and he doesn't understand about the marriage or something like that. You know, and he's kind of suspecting something that's going on. So it's supposed to establish that he is a... you know, really crack detective as well on top of everything else. But, yeah, where he's he's being so observant during dinner. Right. Now, I'm I'm just saying this. I know that that is still not a good phrase to use, and I know that that's still offensive for him to say it the way that he said it. But given the time frame that this movie takes place in, I think they're trying to portray Cody as not being judgmental about it either. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think they're supposed to be like, look how, you know, he's progressive for this time. 
Um, right, he's because the good guy. Because there's some serious homophobia that gets thrown around crazy, like later on. So, I oh just, yeah, I just wanted to kind of point that out that I think that they're trying to show those different levels to where Cody's still like a decent guy, quote unquote, comparatively. But it's still wrong. <laughs> what he says yeah. is still wrong. It's just slightly less offensive. It's kind of like almost endearing for like when you have like a racist uncle that says some shit and you're like, oh yeah, I get it. Okay, whatever, uncle. <laughs> and it's like you yeah. can you can dismiss the shit that Cody says a little bit easier than. And what happens later on in the movie that's true well at uh also at this dinner anita starts grabbing cody's thigh so you know anita now wants some uh cody as well um he's like candy like every single woman thinks he smells like cookies or something they're all about just devouring him yeah uh, later on, he goes working out with his cop friend, Beverly. Uh, he said working out is good for some people, but he says lady watch it is what he does best. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking he, asshole. He freely admits to being a creep. Even though all these women are throwing themselves at him, he goes to the gym to stare at more women. He's a gym creep. He's definitely a gym creep. Yeah, dude, learn some fucking tact with your gym creepiness. Listen, if he was at uh, 24 Hour or Planet Fitness, that's a lunk alarm. That'll go off, man. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a real lunk alarm right now. Uh, (laughs) It's a four lunk alarm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um... Then, as he's working out, uh, two muscle dudes, uh, who, you know, we would say, they're responding to how um, this uh, Beverly Cup is getting too much into uh, this scrawny dude, and that she needs to get herself a real man. See, even the muscle-bound huge dudes are jealous of whatever it is that's going on with Cody that makes women want him. I'm sitting there, I'm like, if he's scrawny, what do they think of us? <laughs> Like, flabby girly man just like the yeah, the muscle yeah, bound brothers yeah. from uh no, SNL you back started that live yeah. yeah yeah that's right hans and franz um so anyway uh we then cut back to the house and anita is riling all over the floor kind of topless i don't know it's like almost like aggressive yoga uh it was entertaining as fuck i believe is the phrase you're looking for i mean it is i'm just saying i didn't know what was going on uh then um liza the other young lady in the house is in the shower and shane comes in behind her it then gets really rapey and then she accepts it and they have sex in the shower this was gross this was sexual assault that they turned into being quote-unquote seduced like he just comes straight after her and then she gets into it and they had one of those seats in the shower where he could just sit down and she could ride him and we forgot to mention he sets up a camera before doing all of this yeah i i'm just like uh and then while this all happening pictures are being taken on a timer on a camera he sets up against her knowledge and basically just to set her up and have blackmail fodder that's how much of a piece of shit this shane character is exactly and then as he leaves the shower we see anita's husband is watching him leave the bathroom um and next day cody gets uh some information uh about the family from liza just kind of like basic kind of she's like you know how anita and shane are constantly hooking up that kind of shit so he's getting the dirt He's getting the info dump behind the scenes stuff of everything that you would be hearing rumor wise in a soap opera. That's basically what's happening. It's days of our lives explanation time. Yeah. And then Anita, we cut to Anita and Shane having sex in his beach house and he's filming it. It's not his beach Um, house. It belongs to the family. Oh, but the the beach house he stays in. Right. He stays in the beach house that belongs to the family. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, Liza and Cody are driving. Uh, he's taking her into town as she needs a ride. And that is our next clip. So, uh, what's your friend's name? 
Jonathan Harper. He's in computers. He buys and sells them worldwide. You know, a lot of people have been caught selling those illegally to communist countries. I assume he's legitimate. Jonathan's reputation is fine with me. I'm investing in his company. Besides, I only asked you for a ride, not your opinion. <laughs> wow, someone who finally puts Cody in his place. Right? She's like, listen, man, I just want a ride. I need all that. But that's a huge foreshadowing moment here. Because it's it's nice he gets put in his, in his place, yet he gets proven right. So, again, his privilege gets to keep going. <laughs> she so finds him non-threatening of an entity that she pretty much admits, yeah, I'm doing some illegal shit to make some extra money. Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, anyway, so Anita then calls Shane um, into the shower. We cut back to that. And he begs her off, saying she's too much. And he meet her in the car and he collects the tape that he had just made. Um, Cody meets Liza's friend and she gives him money to bankroll some stuff, this computer guy. Uh, and then they meet his muscle man who is like a weird looking, like creepy dude. And then the two meatheads from the gym. The weird looking creepy dude is fucking Mauser from the police Academy two movie and so forth. Whenever he shows up again later, is that Mauser? That's fucking Mauser, dude. Are you kidding me? No, that's awesome. Yeah. Mauser was, <laughs> I didn't know that. Mauser was the dude with the bull pop type shotgun through the whole movie. And he's a creepy looking dude. Yeah. One of the henchmen. That was Mauser with a beard. Oh, cam. Fucking, it's Mauser then. All right, man. I didn't even know that was Mauser, but nice. Yeah, so you can, um, you can now call creepy dude Mauser if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. That's it's ha that's happening. I mean, that's definitely happening. Yeah, it's fucking Mauser. Uh, that's how we know him. Man. It's fuck. It's fucking Mauser, man. We, that's how yeah we know him. Uh, he uh, as uh, Cody leaves, the dude goes, "I want that guy off my property." I was like, "But he's already leaving." <laughs> It's like, yeah, I, it's like, I want you to leave. It's like, I was already, yeah, I'm kicking you out of my house. I was already out the front door, but okay, I understand. See, I took this as he was talking in code to his henchmen. Whenever he says something like that, it was so that they would get rid of him permanently or in, you know, yeah. something along those lines, or they would basically send him a message, but he didn't want the lady who Cody gave her a ride to know that's what he was doing because he wanted to hide that from her, or at least that's what I was trying to wrap my head around what happens see, next I didn't, even, I didn't even see her there so i, I, don't, I don't fucking know i just thought it was bad <laughs> it's, um it's, anyways they were trying to do some mafia code thing where he's like i want you to take this guy off of my property and take care of him yeah that's what they were trying right? to I set mean, up here pretty much yeah that's exactly it um, well, they follow him and they get him to pull over and he talks about how his body is a killing machine or his, or his hands are lethal weapons because he knows he, he knows uh, some sort of martial arts. So, of course, he would because of his fucking privilege <laughs> and uh, <laughs> probably had it infused into his body so he didn't have to fucking work to earn it either. Every every rich kid knows martial arts. All right. Every rich kid or every drunk a uh, college student on a Friday night knows martial arts. Um, so he whoops their ass a little bit until he goes to punch Mauser in the stomach, but hits his bullet shotgun thing. So they shoot up his car and he goes, they beat the shit out of him and then shoot up his car. So he walks off into the desert. I love the little bit where as he's walking away, the guy who plays Mauser in this movie, that, that character goes, come back. We were just fooling with you. Just having some fun. Yeah. <laughs> like they make come fun on, of him. Come on, come back. And they tease yeah. him a little bit because that's what I knew for sure. Like, cause he was wearing sunglasses and stuff. And I, like, I heard that voice. I'm like, I thought I recognized his voice. Yeah. I was like, that has to be Mauser. That sounds like something Mauser would do. 
Like when he's talking to yeah. hooks or something. Exactly. Oh, hooks. <laughs> uh, no, that's. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, he finds like this car dump in the middle of the desert and a woman's there. And he's like, I just need the uh, the fastest, fastest thing on the car. Lot. Yeah. Thing she, goes, the it, she tells him that she's the fastest thing on the lot and gets naked and they bone to get a car. So <laughs> fuck you, Cody. I just really. <laughs> and he complains about it later where he states yeah, that he, he got says he raped. Was raped. Yeah. Yeah. He just got raped for a car. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Cody. Fuck you. No one's no one's talking to you anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm done with uh, no one's looking for him anymore. Uh, <laughs> so then we cut to Shane. We find out Shane owes a guy thirty thousand dollars. So he shows Anita the pics he took of them, and he's pretty much wanting money. And she tells him to go ahead and fuck off. And while all this is happening, we see Cody's outside his room uh, or outside Shane's little room there listening to all this. Uh, that night, Anita's husband has Shane take him to a club. Uh, and of course, we see uh, Cody following and narrating. We see Stuart is a crossdresser. Yeah, and actually pretty well. I mean, like the makeup, uh, the outfit, everything just really sings it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he does he does a fine job. And uh, so uh, anyway, as he's kind of getting ready, Shane again threatens Stuart with pictures of them together. Yeah, right. So Shane and yeah. Stuart were an item and Shane was blackmailing Stuart as well. Now we see how Shane got through prison. Yep. But Stuart also won't pay. He won't budge and tells Punk Shane pretty much to go fuck himself. Uh, the, so Stuart then meets with what I'm assuming is his lover. And this person is masked and they sit in this restaurant and they you know, he, uh, Stuart really wants to come to this dinner the next night. Legit, this leads to one little thing, and probably this whole thing wasn't really needed, but okay. So anyway, we cut to this party Stuart was talking about the next night at Lady Chamberlain's, and Contessa was wearing another uh, fetching dress there. <laughs> yeah, Sybil Danning definitely shows off her assets like you would not believe in a lot of films. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Yeah, that's uh, fetching, I believe they call that. It's fetching. <laughs> Mesmerizing is more of the word. <laughs> there, there you go. Shane is getting harassed for by the loan shark for the money. The loan shark gets an invite because he runs a few things. So he got actually an invite to this party. And uh, so um, Shane keeps, like, he calls Stuart and again threatens Stuart for money. And Stuart's like, go fuck it. I'm not giving you any money. So really, Shane's running out of options here. And he's going to get more and more desperate. Oh. Yeah, yeah, more and more desperate. Well, unfortunately, later on that night, Shane can't get much more desperate. As Shane is roaming around, a mass figure comes in and stabs him and then shoots him a couple times. He, they then Jimmy opened his drawers and steals some pics. But before anything was done, Shane actually took a picture of his killer. The next day, Cody and Contessa are hanging out by the pool and they find Shane's body. Uh, Cody tells Contessa she was supposed to leave that night. He tells her to go ahead and leave and he'll take care of the cops and all that. So then uh, Cody then walks back to Shane's like little apartment. He catches Anita going through his drawer. He then sends her away and finds some undeveloped film, and so he pockets that. As he does that, we see the maid sees him doing so. Maid Marion um, sees him. Maid Marion, yes. Uh, so Cody lame. then gets the family together outside by the pool. He calls the cops, but it's through a sex line. 
online service he has. Yeah, this makes I no sense. I think <laughs> it made zero no sense, but... Oh, okay, so the lady... She was that, a nice lady, too, and she didn't get his fucking privilege. Just, I fucking really hate him. Right, so he's got this answering service, and she is an answering service and a sex phone line all at once. And all she wants is to get Cody into bed, and she gets naked for him over the phone. Like, that'll entice him in some way, shape, or form. It's supposed to be the, what probably every man thinks their sex line is like, you know? I suppose so, but, like, it was really awkward and just an excuse to throw more tits into the film, which I'm not going to complain about that part yeah. of it. But, like, she's literally, like, just offering him the world. And then she even makes some kind of a reference at some point in the movie when she shows up later about how she gives better, quote-unquote, lip service than any other girl. Is all yeah, she, she asks him, this is this, this good because he's trying to get in touch with Knockers, who is the race car driver. Spelled with and, an H. Yeah, spelled with an H. And she's like, did she give better lip service than I do? And it's like, oh, I hate everyone. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cody's life is uh, charmed for sure. Yes. Anyway, he finally gets a hold of the cops. As he's getting ready, waiting for the cops, he hides the film he found because he doesn't want anybody else getting a hold of it. Um, Cody's lady cop friend and her partner show up. And this is where he mentions how he knows that he's a graduate from Texas University and he's super fucking smart, apparently. The cops were also sent pictures of Shane and Anita. So, and they show Lady Chamberlain. So these cops were sent these photos from an anonymous source. Then we cut to the maid Marion is on the phone with the computer guys. And she mentions that Cody is on his way to the beach house and that Lady Chamberlain gave him a key. Then at the beach house, Cody and uh, police officer Beverly, they decide to bone so well, because you know you're gonna bone at a at, at a murder victim's house well the reason that they needed to bone is they knew that shane had been doing the blackmail stuff they've seen some photography and everything else so they needed to inspect the bedroom area and make sure and kind of find out exactly how he was able to make the videos and cody yeah. figures it out mid-coitus and yes yeah while doing it he finds the remote to the camera and films it not only uh, that later he on after- using it for the zoom and all the other stuff too and the yeah. cop Beverly is totally fine with all of this. And uh, later on, after they're kind of done with everything, we see two hitmen are outside. They attack, but Cody and Beverly set up a trap for him. Um, <laughs> where they were hiding in the shower. In the shower. Yeah. yeah, stay in the shower. And when the guy opens it, Cody has a gun and he makes a lame, fucking dirty, hairy uh, line. And uh, then Cody shoots, but of course they're point blank and he still can't hit shit. So Beverly has to kill the, the one in the bathroom. I and love then, how Beverly's uh, shooting basically James Bond's little like Walter PPK yeah. kind of gun. And he's got this giant dirty hairy thing. He can't hit shit, even though it blows yeah. giant holes and everything. And she just puts like little pea shooter bullets in everybody and kills him in like one shot. Well, then, yeah, they find another, they find the guy outside who's trying to escape. And uh, he's like, get out of the way, Beverly, as he tries to shoot. He can't hit shit, so Beverly also has to kill him. So, uh, I mean, at least he's not privileged to the fact that he hits everything. Because if he was good at shooting a gun, I'd be really mad. Well, they have to have (laughs) something that's also kind of funny, too, where he's got to have something that's like an inadequacy, you know, because they make him like Superman every other way. If he was also this like amazing crack shot, then it wouldn't be a comedy. It would just be like this action adventure flick. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, when they talk about it, they do say that only Lady Chamberlain knew they were going to be at the beach house. So they're a little, they don't know about the maid. So 
Anyway, the uh, Hick race family is back again, and they race again, and they again beat Cody in a race. Later on that night, he heads back to his houseboat, and the computer muscle guys are following him, and he kind of knows he's being followed. So as he gets to his room to set up a trap, the two girl neighbors are already in his bed. I believe this is where she goes, you know, I hear you're an investigator, invest, you know, in the privates, so... <laughs> per- uh, perhaps all i know is that these girls were constantly trying to get him to throw down with them and it's like is it just because he's so close to the proximity of your boat or is there some other reason like is he supposed to be some kind of legendary cocksmith that all these ladies are after him what's going on here uh, it, it's I, it, I, whatever it is it's really making me mad <laughs> <laughs> it's i'm just i'm, I'm, I'm annoyed uh <laughs> I think that's the point. It, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, so the uh, he gets the girls down and he shoots Mauser right in the fucking ear, and they all run out. And then when he chases them, uh, he chases only two of them, and one of the other muscle guys comes into a room looking for the film, but he can't find it, so he runs out of the room, and they all get away. And Cody couldn't get him one, so way to go, you suck. Uh, <laughs> The next morning, Cody gets a phone call, and that is our next clip. Hello. Jesus, Beverly's cracking on. Listen, Cody, the lieutenant just arrested Stuart Chamberlain for Shane's murder. He found some pictures of Stuart and Shane together. Listen, Beverly, I got something to tell you. I, uh, I found another roll of film there over in Shane's dresser before you came over. You held that out on me? Yeah, well, it was my case first. Well, it's not your case any longer, cowboy. I sure would like to get that film developed. Do you really think the film's that important? <laughs> no question about it. They tried killing us for it yesterday, and I was told by a couple of reliable sources that they were still looking for it last night. Uh, Cody, uh, are you alone? No, there's a uh, topless girl serving me coffee and a beautiful dancing girl with batons. Get serious, Beverly. Of course I'm alone. I'm sorry, I just thought I heard something. I sure would like to know what's on that film. I've got to get it developed. Yeah, but, uh, no one's Shane. I don't think I want to take it to the local drugstore. Listen, I got an idea. Let me call you right back. Sally's phone and lip service may help you. Yeah, good morning, Sally. Listen, can you give me June knockers at Willow Springs? Cody, it's you. Where are you? I'm on my boat. <laughs> I'd love to raise your sails and tighten your jib sheet. I want you to batten down my hatch. I can't wait. We're gonna do it port and starboard, fore and aft. Please, Sal, I have all I can take this morning, all right? Sure, baby, is that knockers with an H? You got it. Cody, does she give better lip service than I do? Honey, that's a negatory. Well, then I'll get her for you. How did you girls get by my security system again? I thought I told you that the Malibu Express is a little dangerous the next couple days. Cody, you know you like having us around. Body by Fisher, brains by Mattel. Oh, June, yeah. Hey, Cody, you coming out to watch me practice? Yeah, listen, I might. Um, I, I got a big favor. I got a, a roll of film I need developed. Is Rodney working today? Yeah, I'm sure she'll be glad to help you. Uh, great, then. I'll see you in a couple hours. Okay, I'll tell her you're coming. 
Can't wait to see you. Bye. Yeah, uh, look, Beverly, um, can, can you wait for me at the Chamberlain House? We're going out to Willow Springs Raceway. Okay. I need a moment to console Lady Chamberlain about Stuart's arrest. Will you be leaving now? Um, listen, uh, I got a couple things I got to take care of. <laughs> and he finally decides he's going to bang the ladies from the slip next door. Yes, it finally got done for him. So congratulations to him. Yeah, and uh, fuck you, I'm, Cody, you privileged yeah, fuck. Fuck you and your fucking privilege. I fucking hate you. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so <laughs> uh, Lady Chamberlain finds out that uh, when Beverly leaves, that she is actually going to the raceway. She finds this out from Maid Marion. So, uh, anyway, uh, then we cut to Cody and Beverly are driving. Uh, the maid informs the computer guys what's happening as well. And so we see the muscle guys are chasing, and Cody's able to lose them uh, by taking an, uh, an exit. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Literally, that's how he loses him. He he just takes an exit. Well, he goes around a van, and the one guy is dumb and can't follow him. And so he goes around the van and hits the exit, and they miss the exit because the van stops them. Or I mean, that's got to be real dumb, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's it's a lame fucking joke, but it made me laugh still. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're not in on all the humor for everything else that has happened up to this point, that that joke the, about him just taking an exit to beat them and like yeah. elude them, it's just not going to work for you. And this is not the movie for you. <laughs> this is that you should just go away. <laughs> yeah, these are not the types of films that you're going to enjoy. <laughs> so uh, the um so they they get to the raceway and he has his friend develop the film. Then we see the muscle guys get to the raceway, and they're getting ready with uh, some guns and shit, and they're getting ready to cause some trouble. They cut back into, like, the developer room, and they blow up the face that's in this window picture they have. So they can't believe it. We don't get to see what it is. Right. So then the muscle guys, uh, they like I said, they have their guns out, and they start a shootout, and they shoot Beverly in the shoulder. She gives... Cody the picture and tells him to run. Mauser, the guy who has the bullpop shotgun, is the one who shoots Beverly. And he doesn't yeah. he doesn't like even like try to get them to give him the film or anything first. He just basically is going hog wild, full blood, because he's pissed off that they missed the exit. Yeah. <laughs> the um, whole reason he goes nuts is because they missed that exit. And also I think it's because he got his ear shot off. Well, yeah, he th- that was the icing on the cake is the exit. Yeah. There. That's what throws him over the edge. Yes. Um so anyway, um the uh there's a bunch of like a little bit of a chase here on foot type stuff, um, and all this. And actually fucking Bowser wants to throw a fucking grenade at him and the his muscle bound guys stop him. They're like, You really don't want to do that. That's <laughs> dumb. Yeah, they're around a bunch of fucking fuel and a bunch of other things for a racetrack and they're gonna yeah. just throw a grenade about yeah not smart at all no no this this is a very dumb idea so uh they get him to put it away and they're um then we get a couple of guys checking out the uh like workers they're checking out the uh race the race car talk about how it's just the tits and uh <laughs> the the knockers lady the race car driver she goes what about these and she shows her tits um the muscle crew, they actually shoot a kid on accident. Uh, well, it's Bowser again shoots a kid on accident. So the, the two muscle guys are like, this guy's getting crazy. Um, yeah, whenever the roid head guys are like, yo, dude, you got anger issues. You know you got anger issues. Yeah, right. 
the, the Cody and June get into the race car and escape and they like race off and the muscle crew gets in a helicopter, they hijack one and they start taking off. So we get Cody in the race car and then uh, June's getting all hot and bothered because it's going fast. So she starts taking off her shirt. And this is the scene where I remember. So I must have seen this at some point in time because I remember this. Oh, where she gets all hot because he's driving super fast and he's just trying to escape and she doesn't even understand that they're going to get killed. She just wants sex because she's going at a super hot speed. Yes, because, you know, they can't really think about anything else. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's not sexist. Yeah, not at all. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so then, yeah, so we get more boobs, though. I mean, so that happened. And then... Uh, uh, so the helicopter, they're trying to take them out. Um, she then flashes the helicopter and they point a gun at her. So then she realizes they're in trouble and they take off again really fast. The helicopter, they he, they get in front of them, drop them off on the road. But then the helicopter guy takes off away from them to escape. As you uh, then co- Yes. Then Cody's race car hits Mauser and it drags him. And as he rolls, the pin in his grenade hooks and he explodes. That so was Mauser's hilarious. Dead. That was so fucking that funny. Was, that, that was good. Then as they kind of, the car crashes and they're kind of running in the desert and Cody's finally able to shoot both, hit moving targets. The, amazing. Uh, and yeah, they but get he's up. like aiming higher, but he hits one in the leg. Or... He hits one in the leg and one in the, sh- and one in like the gut. So neither one of them's dead. And they walk off and leave them there. Uh, <laughs> then uh, June helps them out by flashing a uh, the flashing a uh, RV down to get a ride. Well, she also <laughs> distracts one of the guys so that like he's just staring at her tits, and then Cody can get a shot in on him too. Yes, exactly. The thing about the RV, though, the director of the film, Andy Sedaris, is the creepy old guy driving the RV, and oh, is he excited? Yeah, that's Andy Sedaris. Nice. All right. Uh, Cody then sends June. Uh, uh, to go get ammo as he makes a phone call. He calls Beverly and tells him, uh, she kind of tells her what's happening. She says not to do anything and just to wait, uh, but he's not going to do that because, damn it, he's Cody and he's got privilege on his side. Right. Um, so, anyway, uh, so Liza and Computer Dude, they're a just swinger type party. People are dancing around nude and everything. It's just people are going crazy over there. Uh, so <laughs> well, also it's an Andy Sedaris film. We need to have tits out every five minutes or less. Yes. Right. Um, they are watching a film of Anita uh, having sex with Shane and Liza asks why, uh, you know, before and before he can answer her, which I'm assuming is to probably blackmail her. Um, Cody bashes into the party and that is our next clip. <laughs> All right, everybody, this party's over. Now move out. Now! You and you stay. What the fuck do you think you're doing? This is my home and these are my clients. How dare you break in here? Sit down! Why? Why what? Why'd you kill Shane? I didn't kill anybody. You killed Shane. You don't have to listen to any of this. You... I like you very much. So you'd be doing real good. Just uh, sit there and be a good old boy. Now shut up! The night of the party, you went into Shane's room. You not only stabbed him, but then you shot him. And then you made it look like your brother Stuart did it. You have no evidence. This photo says I do. What the hell is going on? Lieutenant, just in time. Beverly. It was good to see you up and around. It's hard to keep a good cop down. 
You want to explain this to me, Cody? I think you'll find this quite interesting, Lieutenant. Our little lady here. Very busy. <laughs> Damn you, Cody! What are you doing? Would you get this off of me? I'll be damned. Here. Take a look at this. Both Liza and Jonathan were arrested. Case closed, right? Not so. I'd made a mistake. The next morning, I invited everyone involved to meet me on my boat. Oh, damn, not them again. Jesus Christ. Oh, damn, not them again. Oh, it is them again. And it's the family. It's time to race. Well, this time, Cody is in his dad's car. So uh, they uh, they have a race because, you know, now he's going to use daddy's car. And Cody has a rocket on the back of this car. And he wins this race finally easily, much to the inbred family's chagrin. Yeah, I was kind of like, okay, his daddy's really into cars, yet his dad has this basically like four-door Oldsmobile hatchback car that really isn't that fucking fancy. And I'm like, why is Cody driving this car now? It's his dad's car. What's such a big deal about this car? And then they use this whole sequence to show you what it is. And apparently the rocket is powered by fire extinguishers. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's a rocket. Just leave it be. So <laughs> just press the I believe button, guys. God damn it, Court. Yeah, right. Um, so now Cody calls everyone to the Malibu Express boat, and they all meet up there on this deck. Now, um, this is going to be a super long clip, but it's because they explain the entire movie now. The Malibu Express is basically the Oriental Express at the end here with the explanation. Yes, exactly. So here's our final clip. I'd like to propose a toast to a young lady that we're all very happy to have with us here today. Liza, would you come out here? Believe this, Beverly? We just arrested her. Lieutenant, what the hell is she doing here? You all know Liza. Certainly, Lieutenant and Beverly know Douglas F. Wilton, former district attorney and now high ranking government official and chairman of my daddy's yacht club committee. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, get comfortable and let me explain it to you. I'd been up all night long at the CIA building with Douglas Wilton. By nine this morning, we'd gotten Liza released from jail. But three hours earlier, around six this morning, I was coming back from Willow Springs where I'd gone to pick up my car. On the way back to my boat, I needed a cup of coffee. Damn, if I didn't run into Peggy, one of the pretty girls from the health club. Hi, Cody. Peggy. How are you? I can't complain. Coming to the gym today? Uh, not today, pretty lady. Been up all night working. Oh, I can get a big picture of that. Picture. Picture. That's it. That was the key. I had it all the time, right in front of me in black and white. I've been chased so hard by those three animals, I never really studied it. I thought it was Liza. This picture isn't Liza. How did you know it wasn't me? Well, it didn't hit me for a while. We all know that you're left-handed. Everything you do is with your left hand. Shane's drawer was pried open by a right-handed person. You could tell by the scratches. The killer in the picture Shane took was holding the gun in the right hand. Well, it couldn't have been you, Liza. You ain't right-handed. But if it wasn't me, and it wasn't Stuart, who did kill Shane? I knew it had to be a woman, because the height of the killer in the photo. Now all the guys around here are over six feet tall. Couldn't have been the maid, because I don't think she's smart enough to disguise herself. Anita was too drunk. Lady Lillian had her leg in a cast. The only one left was Luciana. Luciana? But I thought she was with you. So did I. 
After I left Peggy at the coffee shop, I went straight to Contessa Luciana's house. I figured that since she'd left town, I'd have to break in. But I didn't know it would be this easy. She'd left me a key and a note telling me to go on in. I went on in, found another note telling me to play a tape recorder. <laughs> this lady was way ahead of me. Cody, by the time you hear this, I'll be in Hawaii. I knew you wouldn't let an innocent person go to jail. I did leave you some obvious clues, and I knew your analytical mind would eventually find them all. I remembered the first time we made love. <laughs> you were thirsty afterward. So the next time we made love at the Chamberlain house after the party, it was easy for me to give you a sleeping powder. Then I went downstairs to Shane's room and killed him. I disguised myself as Liza in case I was spotted. Shane took a picture of me before he died. I purposely pried open his drawer from the right side. Then I intentionally took the wrong camera. I counted on you to figure out that the person in the picture was not Liza. Shane was about to ruin the lives of people I love. He was also a traitor and a threat to our national defense. He was Jonathan Harper's courier to the Russians. I'm not just another pretty face. Of course you will keep it confidential that I work for the government, specifically Douglas Wilton. Douglas and I plan Shane's elimination. Well, there are some things I can't tell you. But Luciana was investigating Jonathan Harper. Shane worked for Harper. They were selling computer secrets to the Russians. No one had been able to catch them. Shane's murder brought in the police. The federal agents needed to do this to conceal their involvement. The police? Well, they promptly arrested Stewart by mistake. Did Luciana send me those awful pictures? And why? to throw the blame on Stewart. I knew the pictures I sent of Shane with Anita, plus the pictures the police found of Shane with Stewart, would make Stewart the prime murder suspect and allow me time to get out of town. Lift the red cloth and you will see how I disguise myself as Liza. As you know, I'm an artist. I was able to make a mask similar to this one and wear it the night I killed Shane. It will melt in a matter of seconds. There will be no evidence, except for it. your eyes only. As I mentioned, I'm in Hawaii. Two things are clear to me. One, I had you figured correctly. You're not only a very attractive man, but an intelligent one also. And two, that you would help us get rid of Jonathan Harper. As soon as you can wrap up this situation, I want you and your body over here. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm counting the days. Ciao, Cody. Mi amore. Then said Liza killed Shane because of the information he got from Maid Marian. He sent those two outlaws to the Chamberlain Beach House and then the three stooges to my boat in the racetrack to try to kill me and get back the film. He wanted to protect Liza and her money. Funny thing is, if he had gotten a hold of that film, he would have blackmailed her for the rest of her life. Greed is such an awful thing. Between murder, blackmail, and selling computer secrets to our enemies, I think Jonathan's going to be put away for a long, long time. I do wish Luciana hadn't killed Shane. It's such an inconvenience. Good help is so very hard to find, you know. Except where you're concerned, Cody. You're just a wonderful cowboy. Why, you'd help any woman in distress, wouldn't you? And he says, yes, he would. And after a flash of all the women who've been naked in the movie, by the way. And naked, mostly, and for a lot of them again, too. Yeah, yes, again. And he said, yes, he would. Roll credits. Roll credits. 
now this is not my favorite of the Malibu Bay slash Lethal Lady slash Bombs, Boobs, and Babes, or Bullets, or whatever you want to call it. I'm just yeah. going to keep doing that as my shtick where I don't really understand the other titles. <laughs> the girls, um, guns, and uh, G-strings. I, I prefer that one anyway. But th- this is not my favorite of all 12 of the films. Um, it's kind of necessary to get out of the way because it is the first. And it doesn't really tie into the other films. Like, the other films actually have more stuff going on where it intermixes with characters that continue on throughout the series and everything. The closest thing is Cody's brother shows up in another film coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's other Cody films then? No, no, this is it. This is it for Cody. No more no more oh, Cody. Okay. We just see Cody's brother in another film and that's it. Oh, well, okay. I mean, holy shit. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, I guess we weren't the only people that were so annoyed and hateful of Cody and all of his privilege. Yeah, right. Everyone else is like, even for the 80s, they're like, Jesus Christ, can we just tone it down with this asshole? Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's like he's like a less skillful, less um, talented Magnum PI, but he has the same kind of thing where like everybody automatically wants to sleep with him. He even has the mustache and everything, but it just doesn't really work for this character. Yeah, he didn't pull off. He, he Magnum PI pulled off Magnum PI. It was the only one. Uh, the rest well, of them. <laughs> right. I mean, but that's basically what they're trying to do. They're trying to sell him as like this like unbelievable sex symbol like Tom Selleck was at the time for, you know, Magnum P.I. You know, like everybody got wet for yeah. Tom Selleck, apparently. But like Cody just doesn't just the actor, the way that they do it, it just doesn't really seem to pull it off. The humor and the homophobia that's going on in this film is very uncomfortable in quite a few spots. There's some stuff that is overtly sexist in such a way where they are demeaning to some of the women. But then again, they do some jokes that are demeaning to the men too where like the men are just dumb idiots that the second they see boobs they're done they can't do anything which is pretty accurate actually well yeah i mean it's like uh a lot of stereotypes throughout this movie Right. But it's still fun. and the, It's a fun movie. The, the thing that's weird about this is like none of it feels like it's in mean-spirited humor. It's, it's attempts at 80s-style humor that some of it misses, some of it hits, but like none of it is as mean-spirited as other humor of a similar vein in the 80s would be with this kind of stuff. Like it's, yeah. it's all just trying to be fun and playful, and it's just like the movie's like, come on, guys, we're just having a good time. You know, The movie's like, don't take life too seriously. That's what this movie pretty much is. Right. And I mean, Jesus, there is... I was joking about it, but I, I want to almost start a timer. There is like nudity every five minutes. There's tits out almost every five minutes in this film. Yeah. You have, yeah. You have an hour and 40 minutes. So you break that down. You got a tit shot like every five minutes practically. And, you know, if that's your thing, then definitely the Andy Sedaris films are for you. And yeah, they, they, they delivered on this. I'm really kind of happy that you did see the scene where she gets all hot for the race car going super fast. And the thing that I didn't understand, if she's the race car driver, right? Why didn't she drive why did cody have to uh, drive i'm just cody cody just hopped in there i mean there wasn't like a four scene on that i think it was he just was running hopped in he didn't even want her in the car he, he was telling her to you know get you know run away because he was you know nervous for her safety but she was like no one's you know she went with him anyway so well and there was going to be more than five minutes in the chase scene and they needed to have boobs every five minutes yeah. so that's why she needed to come along exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i said it's not my favorite it's still fun it's still enjoyable but i'm super excited for the other 11 films we have coming up because some of these just get 
get way over the top and insane. Um, next week is one I definitely really enjoy. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Um, yeah, it's it's a really fun, really cornball movie that's pretty fucking awesome, actually. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and th- this is still a shit ton of fun. I do not regret buying the Blu-ray in any way, shape, or form. The print of it is amazing. Uh, they didn't do any of the DNR to remove the noise and all of that stuff. So you have all the film grain that was supposed to be there, and it's just a perfect snapshot of what movies in the 80s were like with the kind of cornball sexploitation comedies. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's a screwball sex comedy that has like got somehow wrapped around this international spy slash murder on the Orient Express movie. Yeah, just right. So much stuff just crammed into one film that you can't take it serious. You just have to have fun with it, man. That's what this movie's yeah, about. Pretty much. You just got to be able to chill out and, and uh, want to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, we're very sorry about the homophobia in the film. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're, we we apologize for that. That's that's not good. <laughs> sorry for all our privilege just but coming to the forefront. I do want to comment, like when Cody sees that he actually is um, like a, it almost looks like he's like a drag performer is what he was getting dressed to go out and do. Or maybe this is uh, just... A drag performer would be way more outlandish. Oh, so you think this he just... is definitely way more of just a regular cross-dresser. Okay, I, I could totally see that. Um, but I think it's really interesting that when Cody sees him, he's like, he makes one hell of a pretty lady. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. He makes he, he says he does a, a really good job at it. <laughs> he actually does. It is. Yeah, which is kind of how you would expect someone, you know, to to, to respond where they're like, well, that might not be the, the life that I could see myself doing. But damn, when he gets beautified, he looks amazing you know or whatever yeah like that's that that i was kind of okay with where i'm like okay so it's not like cody is judging the guy so the phrase light in the loafers is not the most offensive to use i think but it's still kind of like it seems kind of demeaning but then when cody takes this stance when he sees that the man cross dresses or however you want to phrase it i don't know what the term is that actually is okay to use now (laughs) that's not offensive but a man that dresses up like a woman when he sees that that's what's happening um he goes full force and just says well man he makes a really beautiful woman when he dresses up and he doesn't get any more demeaning about it, which is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a, a breath of fresh air for what you know for the time frame that it was in. So, and all of the really worse uh, homophobia that happens in the film, like all the worst homophobic phrases, are spouted off by Shane, who is the most evil character in the film. Really, yeah, he's the real real dickhead. And it's almost like he's trying to overcompensate for the fact that he sold his body for blackmail money with the guy and it didn't work. So that's when he gets even more angry about it. Like it's, yeah, it's, that's why he's doing it. So like the circumstances are better than some of the homophobia you would have gotten, say like once bitten where it's just a bunch of guys screaming um, derogatory phrases about gay guys being in the shower and running off in gay panic and fear. Yeah. That too. That's just Jesus an example Christ. of just how bad some of the homophobic jokes got in some of these like eighties cornball comedies. True. True, true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got some uh, some news to do, Matt. Um, there's a very specific article that I think our listeners are dying to have us report on. All right. I will uh, find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to know what I'm talking about. We're going to take the break here. We're going to play the Corrupted Youth promo because they are now getting the biggest push that I'm about to give for a podcast. We'll have a little bit more bluegrassy type music that fits in with the music from the film Malibu Express. When we come back, we'll do the PSYOP news. Taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness 
observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle. show as much as possible here i guess uh, by just playing yeah. e- even more music and we got to give the listeners exactly what they're they're wanting to hear with these psyops all right let's come on robert ward our on-the-field reporter. Yeah, our uh, man in the field. Yeah. 65-year-old man dies from injuries from having sex with his 81-year-old male relative, please say. Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback, and I'm going to fuck it to death. Ooh, that was grim. Yeah, that was real grim. And anyway. Dicks. Police believe a 65-year-old Texas man died from injuries he got from having rough sex with his 81-year-old relative. It's going to cost you some serious cock. But the younger of the two died. That's what's weird. Yeah, uh, the two men were allegedly lovers and made up a story about a mugging to try to explain the injuries. Craig Lamal, 65, was beaten so badly he had to be hospitalized last November. Oh, God, it's like fucking hate fucking then. Yeah, yeah. My cup has a cure for cancer. Oh, well, Jesus. Uh, anyway, he, he suffered an incredibly long penis to bruise him like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He suffered severe head injuries that led to his death on December 2nd. Jesus Christ, that's some rough sex. At the time, Lamelto police, he was walking on a bike trail in southeast Houston when he was attacked and beaten by three men. But with no identifying information, the case went cold. I have a ragey direction. Jesus, Matt, but, you shouldn't be that into it. But then last month, there was a break in the case after Alan Bischoff, 81, was laid off from his job. Company officials phoned 
personal emails in his office computer, according to court records. God, did you see when you do anal? <laughs> according to those records in one of the emails, Bischoff wrote that he and Lamel had a sexual relationship and they got engaged in sadomasochistic behavior. Because it's and, super hot, you should be able to fuck one time. And that on November 7, 2019, Lamel had requested Bischoff to assault him and that Bischoff did assault the de- uh, uh, did assault the descendant by punching him with his fist because i like abuse and free drugs and bischoff allegedly went on to explain that before lamel died the two men agreed to the mugging story as a cover bischoff has bischoff has been charged with aggravated assault of a family member he declined to speak about the allegation but said but said he has an attorney it's unclear exactly how lamel and bischoff are related you can't pay your bail well i could probably fix that for a blowy that's not the story that i was talking about there's another story there by the way there's 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 another one. Uh-huh. In other horse sex news. We have horse sex back. This horse sex is a thing. All right. Uh, and this one, uh, Ro- Ro- Mystique. Yeah, our boy Ken yeah, from Rhode yeah. Island is the one our who dropped bo- that off. Our boy Ken from Rhode Island. Serial pony rapist allegedly caught with his pants down in Delaware police sting. This horse sex is a thing. For months, equestrian center workers were puzzled by a spat of injuries to horses and ponies in Delaware. It seems someone was sneaking into the stables in the dead of night and trying up the animal's back legs, tying up the animal's back legs. This horse sex is a thing. It's a thing. Eventually, police launched into a sting operation to figure out who could have embarked on such a bizarre crime spree. The Newcastle County police officers never suspected how sordid their investigation would become. Sore? Really? Yeah, right. Sorted. Sorted. Uh, on, <laughs> on Thursday, they charged Michael Rago, 31, of Hartley in Kent County with two counts of felony bestiality and two counts of felony burglary in connection to the suspected serial rape of ponies dating back to September 2019. He's in, jail pending, he's in jail pending a $12,000 bail. Authorities weren't quite sure what to think when they first received reports about the ponies and horses with injuries to their back legs at the Newcastle County Carousel Park in Equestrian Center last fall. Some of the older horses exhibited clear discomfort and trouble walking related to circular, circulatory issues from the tight leg restraints. Okay, so this guy like came up with his own system for being able to tie them up. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? Sounds, that sounds like it, yeah. So he probably um, had several... like, some leather boots that he could just stuff the legs in and like bind them down like uh, you hear that sheep herders do with their hip waders? You know, I I don't know it's not maybe it'll go into that but it's it hasn't told me yet <laughs> this is disturbing but, <laughs> but you're, you're you're getting a little too into it <laughs> so just settle it down mostly because uh, i put my penis inside of you bareback though that that too we know we know anyway uh uh let's see here uh, several of the smaller ponies who were used to giving riding lessons were found with cords still tied above their back hooves this horse sex is a thing. Yeah. Workers at the Equestrian Center took part in a video in February asking for any help in cracking the case. Park director Mary Devine said that workers who discovered the first injured horse, a lesser pony named Sierra, found it very disturbing when they found her. The staff went over and they examined her, and upon further evaluation, they discovered that she had cords tied around both fetlocks of her back legs, Devine says in a video referring to the hoof joints. This is very, very upsetting that somebody 
nobody would intentionally cause harm to any of our animals. So they don't know After, about the other stuff, only that the animals had been found with various cords tied around that are causing injuries to their legs. Correct. That's where the sting part so, comes in, because they had to catch the person doing this tying up, and they wanted to know why the animals were harmed this way. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. After several more incidents, police decided to set up a sting operation, installing hidden cameras throughout the barns and attempt to find the culprit and uncover just what's happening to the animals and why their back legs were tied up. On April 20th, they received a call that a 31-year-old brown mare had been harmed overnight. Upon revealing the surveillance footage from the evening before, they discovered a man wearing a dark jacket entering the stall around midnight with a bucket of grain. And other horse sex news. He then tied up the mare's back hoop pulled down his pants and sexually assaulted the horse. This horse sex is a thing. Which writhed in pain from the leg restraints, though did not seem to notice the penetration. This horse sex is a thing. God, how fucking hardcore do you have to tie them up before you can actually just do what you need to do if they didn't even notice you there? Uh, after ejaculating into the horse, the man got dressed and left the stall, Shoot taking the, the bucket of grain with him. Dog. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the man's face was covered, so authorities were not able to identify him. They further enhanced their electronic surveillance equipment and began nightly watches the pony stalls, according to a post on their Facebook. On May 21st, they witnessed what they believed to be the same man carrying a feed bucket, checking out various pony stalls around 1230 a.m. Once he identified his next victim, detective watched him tie up the pony's back legs. They entered the stable to find Rigo crouching in the corner with his zipper undone. He is alleged to have been the sole perpetrator of all the assaults. Police say investigation is still ongoing to determine if Rigo assaulted other area horses. The injured ponies have all resumed normal daily activities. Jesus fucking Christ, that got dark fast. Yeah, there's some really weird people in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'd like to have us recover from that, but we're just going to fucking close out the show. So we're going to play the Ending Legion promo here. Yeah. We're going to have a little bit more music that feels like it came right out of Malibu Express. And when we come back, we will close out this really bizarre turn of a show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shade Cast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
Okay, well, I want to tell you about them, they're Duke boys, because that's what this music reminds me of. So them Duke boys about to get into trouble again. Oh, boy. And they're not going to get in trouble for having that racist flag on top of their car, because that's just part of their heritage. That's just, they're just some good old boys. Come on. They never don't mean no harm. Yeah. Well, Cody Abilang didn't mean no harm, but all he did was just uh, harm our self-image constantly. Well, at least, at least he didn't have a fucking Confederate flag hanging off the back of his car. Yeah, the more, the more we talk about Cody, the more I'm starting to like the guy, but I still hate him for all of his privilege and, you know, everything that just goes right for him. Like I said, it's nonsensical hate. It's just, it's, it's green envious hate. (laughs) All right. Because in the end, he's, he, it really isn't that bad of a guy, but I just don't like this fucking life he gets to live. Well, if you would like to learn more about the lives that both Matt and I have to fucking live, the best place to see that is our legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops landing and or launching page for the show. You can also interact with us on our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, where we post daily about our lives. And did you notice that I doxed you, Matt? I I put a photo of you in the, the group. Did you see that? I, I did not. You doxed me, huh? Yeah, that photo that, that I have. Of, happened? The, the photo I have of you huffing paint in college. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I saw that. Actually, I'm sorry. I did see that. <laughs> and um, uh, how dare you? Uh, I told you that that was a private moment for you and me. But how dare you, sir? I'm just going to tell the listeners that that's you because that looks nothing like you. <laughs> It really doesn't, actually. I mean, I am covered in huff from being huffing to paint, but that other, other than that, that that's the only thing that part looks like me. <laughs> well, you can find Matt on Facebook as Matt Psyop. You can find me on Facebook as Court Psyop. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com, and send him photos of you huffing paint in college. Don't, don't do that. Don't huff paint, guys. It's bad for you. Don't do that. But if you are going to huff paint, definitely send photos of Matt while you're doing it. Yeah, oh, God, no, I don't I don't want that, though. <laughs> you can email feedback to court, cinemasyobscourt at gmail.com, and send him photos of you huffing paint with Matt. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. This got dark real quick. <laughs> you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shitfest that is Twitter. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. I've uh, been back on the Twitter a little more frequently here, and I've removed the more toxic parts of what I've been following. I've been muting people left and right, and I found it more enjoyable. So use that mute function, folks. Block people. Just get rid of the part of Twitter that you don't like, and Twitter can actually be enjoyable by interacting with people you do. Yeah. I mean, I, people. some people have a problem with that, though. They do not want to live their lives like that. Well, I found that just blocking everybody out when I don't like them is what's making my life that much better. So, you know, it's social media. Yeah. They don't deserve access to my time. Could you unblock me, though? Because I'm starting to get a little offended by that. Mm. We're supposed to be hosting a show together. Well, we'll see. Just, you know, act right, right. for one. <laughs> I can't. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> now, we talked about the Facebook group Cinema PsyOps. That's where you're going to post the memes that you would like for us to reshare for the people on our Instagram page. And by ours, I mean mine because I run that. And it's cinema underscore PsyOps. That's where I repurpose all of our memes to share to the world. Yes. Oh, the memes, the highest quality of memes that are posted. Well, while you're out there being jealous of people like Cody Aberlein that seem to have all of life just handed to them, just kick the fuck out of those fuckers and this week and make it your bitch.
hello. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yep, I hear you great. All right, awesome. I just I need... Yeah, go ahead. One sec now, I'm seeing something here. Audacity isn't seeing my blue headphone again. Hold on. Oh, the microphone? Yeah. That's okay, my Mac refuses to log me in. Well, look at that. We're all having a bet. Yeah, so I get down here. Everything's kind of set up. So I was like, I just to start everything, bring up, you know, because I kind of had everything set up last night for this morning. And then Windows went through an update. So they give the restart. I'm like, awesome. So that goes through a restart. And I get that finally done. Open up Skype. Skype is updated. You need to restart your system. And I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and kill this system, actually. Yeah, uh, I didn't update the Skype because I always wait till after. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, we're going to record. So I. I don't want to fuck around with it, so I'm just going to wait till after we record and then I'll update it. Okay, right. This is fucking annoying, Audacity. You are really... <laughs> I'm going to see something. Hold on one sec. Okay. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Well, great. Now he's coming for you, dummy. Way to go. What? Well, see, you sing the song and that's when he fucking shows up. I don't think that's how that works, but okay. It is, man. Every time you sing it, then that's when he gets to show up. <laughs> Damn. No, he's coming for you because you are either on Elm Street or were the child of one of the people that murdered him or he's just a pedophile and a creep and you're a teen and I'm no longer a teen, so he's not really coming for me. That's right, man. We're not teens anymore. We're not the demographic in which horror movies are set up. <laughs> At least uh, not the ones that aren't existential, like life-threatening crises of another sort. Yeah. well, uh, we're, in the, like... we're in the demographic that end up in asylums now. Yeah, exactly. Not your traditional slasher movie. No, we're not teen fodder anymore. We're far, far from that. Yes, we are very far away from that. Uh, sweet, sweet energy drink. I know, drinking a coffee. I've been using these, um, I, I guess it's the Walmart brand, but it's like a energy drink concentrate and you measure it out. You know, it's like a, they, they tell you to do it by the squirts, but they basically give you the actual measurement of like, I think like a half a teaspoon per serving. So I just basically measure it out, add water, ice, shake it up, and then I got myself an energy drink. Um, nice. It's black cherry flavored too, so pretty decent. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, some women like men fluffy, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Or uh, usually just in shape. But yeah, I want to say fluffy too because it makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> no one likes our bodies, Matt. That's the part that's upset us the most about these films. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's just, I guess, how it's going to have to live. I hate life. Anyway, I... Uh... <laughs> Well, that's not true. I, it's not that I hate life. It's that I love buffalo wings and beer a little too much. <laughs> to, to the point that it's become a part of my personality because my personality's weak. <laughs> And the sauce on many of buffalo wings is also weak. Yeah, right. And it's just—it's like the people who made sriracha part of their you know, like personality. Like I love sriracha. Like had it tattooed on them. It's like, all right, guys, you got to calm down a little bit. That's that's not appropriate. Well, that basically is what Cody is like. He's the type of person that would like really, really brag about how sriracha is so amazing. Yeah, he really would. He really would. He's he's a piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> And that's, again, another thing that's pissing me off. He's so privileged, he knows he can leave that situation. It'll just happen again for him because he's Cody. <laughs> that's the part that really pisses us off. It's really starting to get to me. <laughs> really, I'm really starting to have a problem here. <laughs> 
we're both green with envy and jealousy. Oh god, right now. it is. I'm like, if I love my skin right now, it'd be just terrible. We're talking uh, out with envy over Cody. <laughs> oh yeah, you wouldn't like me when I'm envious of Cody. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that was almost a fucking spit take when you said that. <laughs> I remember when I was in like kindergarten, first grade, and where I lived uh, at the time down the street, there was a kid who lived down the street who was who I was friends with, and his dad owned the gold, uh, a, a gold, silver, and copper store that made like gold coins, silver coins, co- you know, all this kind of stuff, and th- they were very well off, and there are rumors he had uh, mob connections as well, uh, that he might have been involved, so... You know, all that be as it may, they had a DeLorean. And so the dad would take us for rides in that DeLorean. And man, that thing was, that was some real shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not the safest things. There was two kids sitting in, the, in a passenger seat, not wearing a seatbelt. And this guy was doing like 90 in neighborhood streets. Well, that was pretty standard back in the day. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. So good job. But I was just like, holy shit. But... Yeah, I've and that was that DeLorean was great. I always just thought DeLoreans were great. Ate a lot of furniture, baby. Ate a lot of furniture, baby. Was that a home? I thought you said. I thought you said made a lot of furniture, baby. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's a nice outtake. (laughs) there being jealous of people like Cody Aberlein that seem to have all of life just handed to them. Just kick fuck the it. fuck out of those fuckers and this week and make it your bitch. That a step on one that you wanted to make a joke about? Nah, don't worry about it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead if you want to stop recording on your side. Uh, I am done.